Hello, listeners, and welcome to Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier, and my guest today is a special one because actually the first family member to be a guest on the podcast. So let me introduce you to my cousin, Jenna Stofield, and thanks for joining me, Jenna. Thanks for having me, cousin. Yeah, we- It's going to be fun. I know we've had a shared interest uh, since, I mean, we were younger and, and other family members do too, but art, it, you know, drawing has always been something that we've connected on for, like I said, since we were little. Definitely. And a lot of artists in the family. Yeah. And it was interesting too, because then also we both work in the field of, you know, counseling and, and helping others and didn't even realize it at first. And even when we were talking just now, you did some work at a adolescent school before I even started in this career. And then later on, I ended up having clients go to that school. So small mental health world. <laughs> yeah, right. And part of it is I wanted to have you on because of the art piece in particular because you you hold a, a master's degree in art therapy and you're also working towards becoming a registered art therapist you've done a lot of volunteer work with art in various settings and i believe art therapy has a very useful and helpful purpose in you know mental health addiction but i also believe it's been missing a lot over the years. So one of my first questions is like, what got you interested in wanting to do art therapy in particular? Yeah, well, boy, like you said, art has always been my own coping skill. Um, you know, since I was a kid, uh, probably not even being aware at the time, you know, how much it kind of eased stress and anxiety and depression but you know feeling that connection with art and you know started very young for me um so that piece was always there um I'm not sure what's what spurred the interest in mental health and psychology but I think that was always there too um it just became more apparent in in high school so I kind of I actually went to college um, wanting to double major in psychology and art and not, not knowing about art therapy yet. Um, so when I got to Madison, I took my first psych 101, you know, in an auditorium with however, you know, 500 people or whatever <laughs> crazy amount it was. And, you know, my first professor was just I don't know. It was a bad experience and it kind of turned me off to psychology. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I, you know, I wish I would have looked past that, but so I focused on fine art, but always still had that interest in psychology. Um, it wasn't really till after I graduated that I found out that art therapy was actually a, a thing in a profession that you could go into. And luckily um, we have one of the best schools for art therapy right in Milwaukee. Um, so I was lucky enough to kind of get in, um, you know, a pioneering um, master's degree for art therapy. 
so that was back in um, 1999, I graduated with a master's of science and art therapy. Um, but I guess it just, it kind of married the two things that, you know, I really have a passion about, um, you know, which is obviously helping people and, you know, showing them how uh, creative um, activities can really help with your, your mental health and be one of the best coping skills um, you can imagine, really. Yeah, and I think it's, I guess that's in a nutshell. It's amazing too that we don't early on don't even really look at it as a coping skill. Yeah. Even when you know you're younger and, and you know a lot of young kids at that time are playing, they're engaging in that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we don't really teach necessarily the connection of this is a coping skill. Right. And even even like now I can think about it when I'm talking with clients or patients about what are your coping skills you don't find the art ones common for people mm-hmm. to relate to but it is one that they learn very early on it can right. be one that they develop you know at a young age and that can actually have a lot of benefits as they develop an age yeah and I think it's a lot like play therapy too um, you know where you get into that flow state and you're really present and it, it helps you forget about, you know, any anxieties or anything else, because you're totally focused on what you're doing. So I think it, it kind of goes hand in hand, you know, as a kid, you kind of lose track of time when you're playing or, you know, when you're doing art. And um, so I, I think that's part of the benefit of it. And, you know, maybe just putting that label on it as an adult, but I definitely think that's you know, kids are smart and they learn how to cope in that way early on. We just, you know, maybe haven't labeled it as that. What is it that like at the core of what you do with art therapy, what is it that you really just enjoy most about it? Or or what is it where you're like, man, this is why I love doing this? Well, I think it's because I can see how well it works. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who, you know, really have barriers up against talking to somebody, you know, with just that verbal therapy, there's a, a, a big resistance to it. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you introduce an art uh, directive um, and you're, they're talking about themselves through their art, you know, they, it, it kind of lose, they lose their defensiveness because you're talking about art now you're not talking about them per se and um it's very revealing and I think it it really kind of connects the inner world with the outer world um in people and once they start talking about it I think it can even surprise them you know with what what they find out about themselves and things that maybe they've been repressing or um you know, emotions that have been so blocked um, start to come out. A lot of things that um, people, you know, just keep inside come out of their art. And I think it's just, it's such a good way to learn self-expression and to start talking about your feelings through the art. It becomes a lot more comfortable for people. Um, 
I think it can even work a little bit faster than talk therapy, just because you're really losing that defensiveness and almost surprising people really with, you know, the things that they come up with. So that, that's what I love about it. I think it's, it's just such a cool way to engage people in learning about themselves and, you know, getting them to feel more comfortable with um, expression, self-expression. Yeah, I think it's interesting with like the talk therapy or, you know, you're sitting in an office with someone and, and there's mm-hmm. a dynamic that's already occurring between two people that it's kind of, you know, what does this person want? What are they trying to get? Like, there's questions that as a, a patient or a client, it's kind of wondering, because this is like a person that is might be brand new to you and you trying to right. be open or vulnerable is very hard. But when you put instead like a, an art activity as that focus, yeah, it, it, I think you're right with a lot of the, the barriers and being guarded that mm-hmm. there's not going to be some of those um, challenges with right. art because it's kind of saying, you know, you don't have to pour everything out and talk to me, but, you know, show me something or, or let's, let's have you work on something. Right. And, and I think that really can help out and especially early on in, in right. treatment or counseling or therapy. Yeah. I think what talk therapy, uh, we're so used to talking and maybe filtering what we say, um, you know, and I think with art, uh, art making, you, you kind of lose that filter um, or you, you may not even realize it, um, but you're, it's coming from a place that's a lot more subconscious a lot of times. And um, so unknowingly, I think people, people kind of express themselves more and, and lose, like I said, you know, uh, the filter of what they're going to say beforehand. Right. And one of the things I've noticed is whenever, wherever I've worked, there's always been times or moments where art's been used, you know, whether it's like the traditional mask project where people create Mm -hmm. the two masks, whether it's, you know, a, a painting thing, you know, whether it's a drawing thing, you know, wherever I've been somewhere along the line, art has been kind of introduced here and there, whether it's like a project, an event, you know, we've done art activities to celebrate like recovery month. But one of the things Mm -hmm. I've noticed is that it doesn't stick around and stay consistent. It it tends to be like a once in a while or an occasional thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious to know, you know, why is it that art therapy seems to Mm -hmm. struggle in comparison to like some of the, the evidence-based treatments for substance use, mental health and other issues, like why is it not as common or just more present than we probably both believe it should be? Yeah. Well, I do think, you know, it, art therapy was really coined back in like the forties and it's taken really the Midwest this long to realize how much power it actually has. Um, and I, I feel like it's just starting to gain momentum. Um, and I think 
what I'm seeing at least is with COVID, you know, the one good thing about it is that it's really brought an awareness to mental health. And um, I think, you know, it might be where you're working too, because, um, you know, I work at a hospital where integrative therapies are, you know, just an integral part of um, people, the patient's experience. So um, I think some organizations are definitely more on board with making it a regular, um, a regular thing that takes place. It, you know, I don't know what your, you know, what your organization is like, but, um, you know, the hospital I'm at really values our therapy and, and sees that um, we've actually done studies that, that show it helps um, this is specifically with cancer patients, but it, it helps to lessen their, their pain. It helps to um, relieve their anxiety. Um, and we, you know, we've, we've kind of done a before and after with, with the patients to show, you know, how they feel beforehand, how they feel after. And I think um, what's been the struggle is getting insurance to back it mm. um, with a lot of places. Um, my position at the hospital is actually um, donor-based. So, I mean, there's still, there's still a fight in Wisconsin to get um, third-party billing with our therapy. And I think once that's recognized, it will be a more widespread thing. But, you know, it, I think it's just slow, slow going. And I don't know why that is, um, but I'm, I'm hopeful that that's kind of turning towards um, gaining more momentum to, when people see um, how the creative therapies really um, work together with um, more traditional therapies. I think, you know, it's the combination that are, that's more successful. You know, the, the more types of things that you have reaching people, the better. Right. It's kind of, it's, it reminds me a little bit of like mindfulness. Cause when people are Definitely. like, when people are telling me like, Oh, have you heard of this mindfulness, this new thing? And it's like, this is mindfulness is not new. Yes. It's something that's been talked about right. in practice for a very long time. Right. Um, it, it, it's newer to us over here in the West, but right. It is. It it's is. like we're a thousand years behind. <laughs> and art yoga is, and yeah. And art is not. Art is not new. Art has been around no. for, for so long. And right. And people using it with connection, with expression, with mm-hmm. storytelling. I mean, with with you know activities like those aren't things that we're questioning. And the fact that right. people enjoy it or that they do it with other people that is like nothing new. But right. bridging the gap more of let's use this to support something like mental health or like yeah. or substance use and even uh, physical health issues. So it's good right. to hear, you know, places like where you're at, where they are really encouraging it. Yeah, I think that's what will help get other people more involved in it. Right. I think um, our society is just so... Um, more scientifically based, you know, everything has to be evidence-based. I don't know that 
the creativity always kind of takes a back, you know, a back step in schools. I mean, if you look at high school and, um, you know, a lot of the creative arts um, funding has, you know, been depleted because um, the focus is more on, you know, math and science. And of course, those things are important, but I think people are losing the balance of, you know, having, using both sides of the brain and, you know, not everybody's a math or science person, obviously, <laughs> you know, so you know, we're missing a whole that, part of the population. But art too does incorporate that stuff. I think that people oh, yeah, realize definitely. like, you know, whether it's measuring things or looking at things, but even when, when someone can tell me, you know, like when they're using a, a certain paint and they mm -hmm. can talk to me about what's in it or why they're using it or, right. you know, the composition and why this certain object uses this. Like to me, like they're sounding kind of like a scientist, yeah. you know, they're You're right. <laughs> There's so, a lot of chemistry and math and um, yeah, there definitely can be. You're right. And uh, one of the things I was looking up was I was kind of trying to figure out how popular or, you know, how many people, you know, acknowledge art being a part of their interests or their, their hobbies. And, you know, it took a little bit of digging, but there was like a study I found that was back in 2015 that was looking at for, for Americans that like 47% identified mm -hmm. personally being involved in artistic activities. And that was like painting mm. and photography and all this kind of stuff. So part of me is like, we have half the people nearly, mm -hmm. and then we can look at anyone that we serve in, in counseling and therapy and in these settings. It's like if half of them did this personally, enjoyed it, aren't we almost ignoring like a strength or we're ignoring something that is like a positive definitely activity in their life that we could be like hey they're dealing with something difficult they are bored at home which is relating to them using or they right. are their self-esteem is like why can't we take something that is a positive or they mm -hmm. is a strength and build off of that right well i i think part of it is that people well, what, from my experience, I offer art therapy and they freak out because a lot of people say, oh, I haven't done art since I was, you know, six years old or whatever. And, you know, it scares them. But I think and then they start talking about, but my creative thing is knitting or whatever, you know. So I think maybe when people people tend to shy away if, if they think they have to make like a masterpiece painting or something like that. Um, but there's, there's so many different ways you can express yourself creatively. You know, it, it doesn't have to be painting. Um, like I said, you know, I think knitting for some people, it's, it's getting into that um, uh, kind of getting in the zone, you know, whatever brings you, it, it's a creative activity that will bring you into that flow um and it doesn't like I said it doesn't necessarily have to be painting but um yeah helping people find whatever it is that that brings out that creativity um 
I think we definitely could do, you know, more of that for people because that's, it's going to fill that void, you know, when, when people stop using, you know, that's a huge chunk of their time that was spent, um, you know, finding the drug, you know, you know, um, using the drug, recovering from it, thinking about getting it again, like that, right. the, The preoccupation. Right. So that fear of, you know, what am I going to do with my time? You know, they do need um, to find something that really fulfills them. And I think, you know, helping them, um, giving them options for different creative things to do is really such a, and I I just see so many people connect with it, you know, um, um, in the addiction center that I work at. I mean, it's amazing. People who never, you know, picked up a brush before, you know, really connect and turn out to, you know, that's one of their main coping skills then. So I, th- I think it's such a cool, um, it feels great when you help somebody find, find that inside themselves. Yeah, there's a lot of people who when we do art projects and like art activities and they submit things or they they hand in things you're just blown away at some of the talent yeah it and is amazing they like they but you know part of the addiction you know keeps you keep everything so silent and hidden and you mm-hmm. you don't you're not in a very sharing vulnerable way when right. you're in the midst of your using so a lot of that just goes unnoticed but there's some amazing artists and creators that I've seen. We just had someone start a group I was telling you about, Be Creative, and they're actually using clothespins and popsicle sticks to create like figures. Oh, cool. And I think you kind of mentioned it was, when you think of art, you might think of like painting or you might think of like drawing. And someone's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm, I'm terrible at that. Like, I can't do that. But the scope of what art and creativity is, it's pretty, it's a pretty wide net that I think some people, yes. some people, you know, magnify it too much. They keep it under a very right. small microscope instead of looking at it as whatever is, you know, firing the creativity in you and whatever right. is getting you like in that zone it's not just a paintbrush. Right. Yeah, I think, and I think that's part of what is really awesome about it too. I think it really helps people think outside the box um, and learn to be creative with problem solving. You know, I, I usually start clients with like collage, you know, something that's very non-threatening. They don't have to, you know, be great at art at all. You know, they're ripping stuff out of magazines and, and putting it on paper. Anyone can do that. So, you know, starting from there, I, I think it just gets the, the juices flowing. And um, I like to try to incorporate different media because I think, you know, some things click for certain people and some things don't. So um, the more things that I can introduce, hopefully... I get more people, you know, really kind of hooked on art. Um, And I think, like you said, it can go way beyond it. It can go into woodworking and, 
I mean, there's just so many ways you can go about it. One of my dreams um, is to have like a huge woodworking um, studio for people. I think, you know, the, I work with uh, predominantly male adults and I think, you know, getting them into something that would actually be very productive, you know, and help them find a, a job using those creative skills and, you know, giving them, um, skills that they can use on the, you know, to find employment and find value in their life. You know, I think it just has such far reaching, um, effects. And I mean, just something as simple as, you know, art therapy and putting a collage together. Um, I think it can really help people start thinking about how they can use that creativity in their, in their life. Yeah. I remember there was, this reminds me of a a client I had who was, he was young. He was 13, 14 years old and he got into 3d printing. Yeah. And he was more thinking he was like in the engineerish type and that it wasn't like art and, and whatnot, but it was, this is what kind of stands out as you were sharing that his dad wasn't really the most supportive of it. Um, and one day the, a piece of the snowblower broke and the dad was talking about how he had to go like to the store and get a part. And the son was like, give me a little bit. And <laughs> the son made the part wow, through, that's so cool. through the, the 3d printer. And, you know, it kind of opened up his, his dad's eyes to it, but also I just told him how, you know, how creative that is to even think that and and problem solving to think that, but that's, you know, when you look at like an engineer piece, but to me, that's, that taps into creativity. Right. And seeing something. mm Mm-hmm. And finding a thinking outside of the box for, you know, ways to solve problems in your life. I think that's, you know, really teaching people there isn't one way to do something. Um, There's lots of different approaches to the same thing. And I think, you know, a lot of maybe people who struggle with addiction kind of get pigeonholed into that maybe black or white thinking and, you know, helping them expand their their thoughts. So there's so many more possibilities and ways to look at things. Um, I think it's just, it's helpful overall, you know, to their, to their whole life. Right. I know one of the things that, you know, recovery often talks about like networking with others, building support network, you know, engaging in positive, healthy activities, all these sorts of things. And in my mind, one of the, the easiest ways I can think about that is, is art fits a lot of those categories for, yes. you know, connecting with others, people with, you know, common interests, the, the support that other people have when they're doing projects, you know, you, you don't see a lot of like criticism or knocking people down. You hear a lot of yeah. like encouragement. You hear a lot of that looks great. You hear a lot of, you know, do your own thing. And you hear, you just hear so much encouragement and support. Yes. So to me, when you look at a support network, art is an area that you can find to also tap into that. 
definitely. Um, and I think that's such a good point because I think of Wisconsin and how focused our like recreational activities are around alcohol. You know, and we really, for people who struggle with addiction, there are not that many choices out there, you know, for really healthy recreational things to do. And actually there's, my art therapy supervisor started an art studio in Rocky. And uh, one of the big goals is to have nights for a free, free open studio. Um, where people can just go there and, and do it really whatever they want. But it's a place, um, you know, free of alcohol and drugs where, where people can get together and, and be supportive of each other. Um, but I definitely saw, you know, I see that all the time in, in my groups, um, in my recovery groups. Um, they, they look forward to art therapy and they encourage each other. Um, they enjoy sharing what they've done. Um, one of my favorite activities to do is um, everybody buddy gets a blank piece of paper. They have like a minute to draw on it and then it, it gets passed around and everybody has a minute to draw on That's this paper great. and build from it. So when they get their paper back, you know, it's, it's so cool to see, you know, it's a lot of laughs and um, it's just such a cool connection. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's, it's something that we definitely need more of um creative outlets for people um there's there's a bit of a uh resurgence like you said of some of the like sip and paint and um the clay studios and things like that but i definitely think we could use more of that and i think even for young people um to give them more opportunities for you know, fun thing for fun, hands-on things that they can do without, you know, having that, that alcohol have to be ever present at everything. Yeah. And I think that's something that we're like a lot of popularity was happening in the mm -hmm. past couple of years. I think with COVID too, that became more popular. Like there's been, you can order art boxes to be shipped to your house and mm -hmm. like, you're seeing a lot of like art events. You're seeing like more of those painting studios and whatnot. And, you know, we have a, a place right here near us. That's a, a kiln place and you can do yeah, that's cool. kind of work like that and never did that before. And we did that one night, which was a lot fun. of fun, but you see more like couples, families, friends, like workplaces yep. utilizing these opportunities for gathering, for socializing, for fun. And I'm just wondering, like, is, is therapy and counseling like missing out on that by not incorporating art? Like, are they not seeing that this is growing in popularity and what can we do to utilize this? Cause it's something that's in people's communities. It's right. something that's in the area. And when we reach out to people, we've had a couple of organizations over the years when we reach out to saying, Hey, do you want to come and do a paint day with our patients? And, mm -hmm. and, and they all love doing it. And, yeah. and they are so nice and helpful and they, they really enjoy it, but you're also going to get a lot of people who are more than willing to, to connect that bridge. Definitely. 
So I'm just kind of wondering, like, how how do like organizations and you know treatment centers, counsel, like, how do they try to bridge that gap more? Like, what what can we do to try? Boy, and... that's a good question. Um, as far as like getting it out into the community more, we're just bridging. Like, I'm just thinking. That if, if we don't do something as professionals, you know, counselors and treatment organizations to reach out and make connection with like art, mm-hmm. that it will, it will continue to just kind of go unnoticed or not used. Like there's, yeah. there's a responsibility on our end to try and make those connections. Cause it's gotta be hard for some of the places to try and think Definitely. to come to us. Like, can't imagine a a painting studios well I think right I think educating people is a really important piece um you know I work um at the, the hospital I work at I'm I'm the only art therapist with all nurses so you know they they don't really know what I do but what we but we try what we try to do is um, have a session with the nurses and, you know, educate them on what our therapy is. It's not just, you know, balling up clay in your hand or whatever, you know, there's benefits to it. And, you know, that's what I think is missing is maybe that education piece and, you know, really teaching people how effective it is and what it can really do for people. Um, and maybe just, you know, educating people on all of the benefits of art therapy and, and there's actually science behind it and, and, you know, evidence and, you know, all the things that people like to, to hear about, to know that it, it's actually effective and working. But, um, and I actually, I, I have a friend that goes into large corporations too, and kind of does the same thing. Um, you know, she'll talk to human resources or, you know, higher ups and see, you know, what's missing from the company or what did, what do they think, um, their employees need and she'll base our therapy activities around it. And, you know, it gets people talking, it gets people connected. Um, when they actually do the, the activity themselves, they see how powerful it can be. And I think maybe bringing more of that into, um, the community and maybe outreach as far as our therapists go, um, which I think part of the, the problem is that there's not many art therapists. Um, so I, I do feel like there is definitely forward momentum, but it's slow. Um, so getting out into to the community and maybe doing those educational classes with, um, you know, people that might support having an open studio or, you know, something like that to, to help get uh, more involvement, I think would be helpful. It's, you bring up a very interesting point that some people, they will use art as like a team building exercise mm-hmm. or let's get our, our team members to connect. And they'll use that, they'll bring in people and they'll, they'll do activities. I remember one year, um, one of the 
individuals in our organization that was from like the corporate part of it came and they had us do this exercise that was, we put, there was three groups, three teams, and we were putting together a gingerbread house. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of similar to the activity you were talking about where after a certain amount of time, we had to rotate and work on the next gingerbread house. Okay. Right? And then we had, so, you know, at the end, we all ended up working on these gingerbread houses. And it was around the holiday. And it was amazing that they were so encouraging and supportive for us to do it, to support one another, to, to learn. You know, they had a little spiel about what you learned and how mm-hmm. it was important. But then all of a sudden it was like, you know, yeah, why wouldn't this be something to do with patients or Definitely. clients? But, mm-hmm. it, but they don't sometimes, they, they miss that. Mm-hmm. Like when it's looked at as a team building for our employees, then all of a sudden, hey, let's do this for patients. I think you're kind of right. They fall back on that traditional mm-hmm. evidence-based and, and, and not some of those other ones. Yeah. And maybe it's insurance doesn't cover stuff like that. I don't know. Um, I think that's been a huge barrier. And once we can get over that, I think, you know, there'll be more opportunities. But I, I've seen that over and over. Um when I graduated, um, I graduated with master of science in art therapy, but now, um, and this, this started a few years after I graduated, they included the LPC piece, um, into the program so that art therapists essentially had that LPC to fall back on because, um, that's what's covered by insurance. So, um, you know, I, th- I think that was helpful for our therapists, but I also think maybe they get hired as counselors and that our therapy falls to the, the wayside sometimes, um, because it's not recognized by insurance yet. Yeah. So, that's a question I wanted to ask you about that's mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like, it's even hard to ask because like over the years of like working in this field, people I've known and and doing clinical supervision now for counselors as well. I've always known some art therapists or, or counselors that had a degree in art therapy. And I find a lot of them, they stop doing it. Yeah. Or they seem to lose interest or almost like they don't even enjoy it. And I know they love art and I know they love yeah. doing that kind of stuff, but I, I see way too often mm-hmm. that either it goes unused or they just suddenly just don't have that, that passion anymore. So I guess yeah. like part of it is like, like, what have you seen like in relation to, to other art therapists or, or what yeah. is that experience about? Well, I think there's many reasons for that. One is a lot of artists. Well, let's see. How do I, how do I word this? I, like I said, I think, you know, for so long, art therapy has been a very difficult field to find employment. Um, And when you do find employment, it's you're an activities coordinator or something you know, that, that pays very little. It's hard to make a living off of being an art therapist. 
Um, it's not the same being, being in activities. Yeah. Being activities no. director or, or right. putting that together is not the same as being an art therapist. No. And that's totally what I found when I graduated. Those were the only types of jobs available. So if you are not the type of person, like if you do not have an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, and can find ways to think out of the box and kind of make your own path, um, it can be very difficult. Um, and I can tell you just from my experience, um, working at UCC, um, because there's such a high turnover just in clinicians, um, I found my role as an art therapist, which is what I was hired for, I turned into a case manager because they were so um, short-staffed. I, I became in charge of the men's residential house um, as the art therapist. So, I mean, um, and I didn't see it changing back really to, you know, to, to doing what, uh, what I was hired for. So I think, and especially if you have that LPC to fall back on, um, companies may, may hire you for that. And you, you kind of lose the art therapy piece, which is to me is very sad. Um, but, you know, like I said, I have hope. I, since I started, I see a lot more opportunities um, for art therapists. And I, I hope that that grows. And I hope, you know, the pay is kind of commensurate with, with our experience and, you know, the training that we've had. And because um, I think that's been lacking, too. And I don't know if it's, if it's an insurance issue solely or if it's just the value of the service is, hasn't been recognized completely, but, um, I think I'm, I'm going to stay hopeful that, you know, the momentum is growing. Yeah. That, I am too. I mean, yeah. I mean, you see that almost all of my clients have the adult coloring pages, you know, they're doing it to keep their anxiety at bay and. Oh, they um, love those. We had one yes. where we had our, our front desk staff, every day of the week had different themed ones. And this was during recovery month and mm -hmm. patients were taking those every day. Oh, we, yeah. ended up, we ended up putting them against, you know, on the wall inside where it was, it was the, the patients were happy. You know, right. the staff was always looking forward to it. And, and I'm hopeful too. And like I said, there's, there's always been times where I've had individuals with art therapy backgrounds. And I have, you know, nine counselors right now I'm supervising three of them have some kind of art therapy degree. And that's a lot more awesome. than I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm trying to help them to not lose that, right. That passion desire. So we have two art therapy groups now that are among our other groups, but you know, there's a, there's an art, um, creativity art journal. That's just all based on research with art therapy. And I gave my copies of those to those counselors to, to read up on it, to read what's going on in those areas and continue to have more regularly occurring art events in the yeah. clinic so that it, it doesn't just become another, now I have three more <laughs> counselors who 
don't want to do it anymore. Like I, right. that's, that's so hard to see. Yeah. And especially if they're getting results, you know, and maybe it's something, you know, you have to make more regular, have the, you know, a group that meets every whatever Monday religiously, or, you know, just adding more art therapy into the, the program. I don't know, but yeah, I think, um, increasing the visibility of it and, you know, educating people hopefully will help, help it get more, uh, widespread. I think that's big too. I think Mm -hmm. showing it is another thing that we have to do because you can do it inside of a treatment program and, and whatnot. But then if you just kind of say, okay, well, here, take this and go, that can keep it kind of hidden, but you gotta, you gotta show people what's being done or do things like you've been doing with like actually getting outcomes right? with what you've seen from it, you know, show Mm -hmm. examples of projects and things that have been done. Or even if take, I know a big thing too, is taking patients and clients feedback. You know, if they make a recommendation, like, oh, we really love this. Let's do this again. Like, don't wait another year to to do it. Like find something to springboard into again. Right. So I think also listening to, to clients and patients and for clients and patients to, to talk about how much they enjoyed it or to talk about how much they liked it to let your counselor your your therapist let your providers where you're at know how helpful the art was yeah and maybe maybe having a survey or something that they could fill out and you know what were the most useful groups or um you know what what groups did you find you know you really took a lot of good information or you know that really connected with you or something like that might be really helpful too to, to help get feedback and you know have it recorded yeah i'm glad though like our our talk today it 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 helped me too to to see the hope and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the growth that is going on and to, to continue to build it because yeah. art, art isn't going anywhere and mental health and substance use issues and and other things they're they're not going anywhere either right right and, and i we just need to try anything that we can to help people you know improve their mental health and you know if that's and i've definitely have seen how our therapy can help people so it's definitely something that's got to be pushed more yeah so i i really that's that's one of the things is you know, I want to thank you for, you know, answering these questions, talking about this definitely has like shined a lot of hope that, that art can prevail and hopefully reach to a point where it thrives. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see it follow even the, the coattails of mindfulness where we're, even though we're a little maybe late or we're a little behind on seeing it, but to, to recognize that it being talked about more, being offered more, more trainings or more courses to learn about it, more activities, you know, that would be an amazing thing to see art therapy 
take its turn to show what it can do to help right. all the people that we work with. Right. And I think just you as a non-art therapist to kind of, um, you know, to showcase it and um, know that the power behind it is going to help too. you know, the more people that realize how much power is behind the creative, you know, therapies um, is going to help. Yeah. So thank you for, thank you for having a, a talk on it. I think it's really important. I think the more we can do this, the better. For sure. So I think that there's a lot of takeaways on what we can do as providers, you know, whether you are an art therapist, whether you are a, another kind of counselor or therapist, if you're a treatment provider, if you're a, a director of a program, if you are an organization that like looks to want to help a place out, like donating or helping things with art is, is a really big need. So there, there's a lot of different people in the different roles that we have who can help to put art where it deserves to be among other, you know, traditional therapies and, and models of helping. It's not to take over them all, but it, it, it belongs there just as much as the rest. Yeah. You know, well, I so. Think integrative therapy is showing the success. And I think the more we can blend different, different ways of helping people, the better, you know, it, it touches different parts of people's healing. So. That's great. Yeah, I think it's all works together really well. Yeah. So I really want to thank you for, for joining and you are, yeah, the first family member. So don't well, worry, I have other family members on the list to join. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to spread the word. Um, and I appreciate that you, that you found it um, an important topic because I really, I agree with you. Good. So I think, you know, use art you know, to help you to, to help with recovery, use art to connect with support, you know, build on strength. And I just think we need to encourage the, the use of art and treatment and counseling and, and other areas because it, it can really have a tremendous help on the people we serve. So as always, Definitely. I hope you learned something and thank you again for joining.